Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am 15 minutes away from going over to Crown Media and finishing the job, Trey Plentnicki. <laughs> what does that mean? I am the extra in the background who doesn't really care for Christmas, Daniel Kunkel. And we got a film today. Um, Daniel, it's a Hallmark Hall of Fame film. It is. And for those who are uninitiated to these types of movies, uh, we usually so we usually watch Countdown to Christmas movies, right? Yes. Hallmark yes, Hall of Fame movies are technically called Countdown to Christmas movies. Yes. But they have a certain um, uh, je ne sais quoi. Am I saying that right? Yes. I believe you're trying to say uh, too fucking long is how we would <laughs> how we would describe them. A little bit worse a little bit bad a little bit more boring some would call them uh stretched out even more than the usuals yeah um some would call them passion projects for more well-known actors who need a little bit of clout at the end of their titled hallmark movie in order to feel more uh you know committed to the project some would say i had to i I was calling my dad and i was like okay i gotta go watch the christmas train real quick uh and he's like that sounds terrible i was like no 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 Danny Glover is in this one. And he was like, they dragged poor Danny Glover into this. I was like, if by dragged, you mean probably paid him a quarter of a million dollars to do this. Paid him quite a lot of money to do this flick. I also have a story. Uh, I was like, so I walked over to Cecilia and I was like, Cecilia, Joan Cusack, Danny Glover and Dermot Mulroney are in this movie. And she was like, and she was like knockoffs. And I was like, no, no, them. They are in this film. OG, there is all the sugar of a full Dermot performance is in this movie. Oh, man. Um, and Daniel, I did text this to you, and I just want to <laughs> uh, really, really pepper this in at the beginning of this, uh, mm-hmm. this podcast. Um, it's really amazing how Hallmark puts good actors in these movies, and these good actors look so bad yeah. because of Hallmark's editing, cinematography choices, and, you know, no scene is safe from a Hallmark score. No scene. No <sighs> what's actor fa- What's your safe. favorite example from this one? Because I have one still clearly in my head. There was a moment that probably would have been in- amazing. Yeah. Like, like killer. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for voodoo... Just playing the themes of Silent Night playing in the background of a really nice scene between Dermot Mulroney and Danny Glover. Yeah. It's, in- it's so interesting. My favorite was when uh, the actor John Ines, who plays the character John Kelly in this movie, is recounting to Dermot uh, about his dead wife. And in the background, he's like, yes, uh, she died. She passed away uh, a little while ago. And, um, well, you know, I could never. And he, he's carrying the whole movie. He's carrying this copy of A Christmas Carol. And he, he's like, my wife wants me to read the classics. And as soon as he said that, I was like, your wife is dead, dead, dead. <laughs> and... He's describing uh, like how she died. He's talking about their relationship. You know, like oh, I miss her so much. She, she she taught me all these important things. We'll talk about what they talked about. And in the background is literally like a ding 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 ding. Like sleigh bells are playing in the background as this man is like clearly not in a great spot. Clearly struggling with the holidays and like and and Dermot's acting and he's like he's like. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm really sorry, man. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. They're having this like really uh, very simple, straightforward conversation. And in the background, a-, a box of jingle bells has been thrown out a window. They've done it again, Daniel. They've done it again. Hold and that right. was, this has been one of the worst examples, I think, of like the music is just overpowering sometimes yeah. with some of these choices in, in terms of volume and in terms of like, did you even, did you guys watch what was happening when you chose this stock music? <laughs> I think part of it is like, I mean, I can't understate this. What is truly maddening about Hallmark movies in general mm. is that they do have a bucket that has all of these songs in it yes. that they just throw into these scenes. And yes. there's a folder that's probably labeled sad there's a folder that's probably labeled dead wife slash dad. There's, there's a folder that's probably labeled like a Christmas mistletoe kiss. And, and they just slap that on. Re- relative who annoys you, uh, romantic partner who annoys you, uh, boss who annoys you enters into the scene music, which is always like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like his little bass uh, walk down. <laughs> on a plane meet cute, which is like, oh, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, It sucks because like, I think uh, besides spirited, obviously, which is like a a musical. So it's a different thing. The, the musical soundtrack of elf is to me, one of the best movie soundtracks ever. Cause I, it's just so memorable. The little like bum, 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 bum. But it also, Mm. Uh, also, so one, they hired a composer, which is probably like to unify oh. the score. Yeah, oh. a concept. True. Two, um, they paid for rights. Like, let's yeah. be let's be real. They didn't have to deal with uh, all that. I think I think more than most movies we've seen, this movie feels like Hallmark is really this highly experimental movie studio that says, what if. We had every aspect of a movie. So we had like the actors and directors do their own thing. And then we have uh, music and sound do their own thing. And then we have the editors do their own thing. But they don't get to talk to each other at all. And they receive the footage one after another. And it becomes this like the movie ends up being this long game of telephone with previous people's work. That's what this feels like. Because the... Script is one thing. The script is insane. But then the actors, I think, overall do do quite a good job with some not as great written material. So it's like they've taken the telephone and they've made it a little bit better. I think costumes are great. Costumes aren't really crazy in this one. Very straightforward. Mm -mm. They also don't need to be. They don't need to be, right? And then like music took it and was like, oh, hey, what if if this whole thing sounded insane? And then the editors and like the light and the colors and all these people who were making it like look like a movie, making all this, all this disparate footage look like one thing were like, let's just, does your kid want to come in for a bit and like mess around for a bit? And I, I, I have to assume it's a time restraint thing. These are professionals. It must be. Like these are professionals. I'm sure everybody's great at their jobs. This has to be just a like, we do not have time to look at that. We have to look at this thing instead. It's it's always the studio. I like, I can guarantee it's always the studio. Um, Daniel, the Christmas train is a metaphor Mm. for the plot of the Christmas train. (laughs) So the, (laughs) the, okay. So here's the here's the movie. Yeah. Ready? Dermot Mulroney plays Tom. Uh, 
I forget the actress who plays Eleanor. What's her name? Kimberly Williams Paisley. Kimberly? Kimberly? Kimberly. Kimberly. What did I say? Kimberly? I thought you said Kimberly. Which Kimber- is how you say Kimberly. Which is, yeah, the Irish pronunciation. Let me get my Kim- Kimberly in here. <laughs> uh, she plays Eleanor, who is Tom's uh long forgot long forgotten but remembered mm. love mm-hmm. then max powers is played by danny glover <laughs> who is a big time movie director oh yeah which is like you know i thank knives out this is going somewhere i thank knives out for giving really well-known actors the opportunity to have a ball yes right and have a great time with a good script uh I feel like Danny Glover paid <laughs> did this movie because he was like, you're going to have so much fun. You're going to play this mastermind movie director who's going to bring it all together for everybody. And what it just turns out to be is like this. It's like he's. I, I, did you see Ex Machina? No. Ex Machina is a, is a wonderful movie. Um, with, uh, with, uh, Dom Gleason and, uh, Alicia Vankander and Oscar Isaac and Oscar Isaac in that movie is a, uh, computer programmer who creates, uh, an artificial intelligence named, uh, Ava, I think Eva, Ava, I think, um, he, he creates her and throughout the movie, he is, uh, kind of narcissistic. I mean, not really very narcissistic and, and he's constantly like, ha ha. I have this clever plan. And at one point, uh, Domhnall and, and the AI hatch a plan to escape. And, and Oscar Isaac's like, ha ha, I already knew about your plan. And then Domhnall Gleeson's like, ha ha, I knew you knew about our plan. And they keep trying to like one up each other in that way. Right. And, and a whole time Oscar Isaac is this like, I'm just smarter than all of you, but I got to do it for the greater good. I got to do it. You know, Danny, Danny Glover plays no joke, almost exactly the same character in this movie. <laughs> it, it's funny. Anyway, so Max Powers, Danny Glover, yep. masterminds meeting these, uh, having these two people ride this train together, almost as it seems like an accident. Like, oh, I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Eleanor is a script assistant for him. She's a script doctor. Yes. But she wants he wants her to write his new movie, which will be on a train. So they are on a train to do research for this movie. Dermot is on this train to write a story about the Christmas train. The Christmas train goes from New York, New York to L.A. To D.C. 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 to L.A. They get a wonderful exterior shot of Union Station, and then they are not inside of Union Station in Washington, (laughs) D.C. No. They go – where do they stop? They stop in Chicago. I know that. I remember Mm -hmm. that. They stop in – Oklahoma City, I believe. Okay. Um, They stop in one other place. They stop in Colorado somewhere. And then they get stuck. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they do all these station stuffs. We learned about like a bunch of different side stories that everybody and it's it's like two people side. are gonna get married and the whole movie yeah. they're like, My dad doesn't want us to get married and, and so Tom and Eleanor kind of start to rebond over helping them get this uh, marriage back together. Everybody's uh, mom yeah. or wife is dead. Uh, yeah. Everyone's everyone's family is estranged. Joan, Joan Cusack is this <laughs> uh, maniac named Agnes who is like a regular on the Christmas train apparently. Yeah. And she has an estranged son who she is going to try and see. Um, and she's got quite a character reveal at the end too. People are speaking in riddles. <laughs> uh, my favorite riddle... 
Um, is so here. Here are a few of my favorite little <laughs> riddles. Okay. Uh, there's no secrets on a train, especially the Christmas train. <laughs> Uh, in 10 years, trains will be a thing of a past. I wonder what they'll say about them. Before uh, we even get on the Christmas train, it'll all come out on the train. It always does. <laughs> so Dermot Mulroney is having like a crisis of love or whatever. And he goes up to this older man. I, I think it's it's the man that's like reading the book whose wife is dead. Yeah, it's, it's John. Uh, and, and he's reading the book and Dermot goes up to him and is like, oh, you're reading, you're, uh, uh, you're finally reading that book. And then he goes, yeah, it's about time I turn a page or two. Sound familiar? Maybe you should turn a page or two <laughs> you yourself. son of a bitch. It's like, it's like, where are these people coming up with these things? And it's like, it, it is quite literally like Dermot Mulroney and, um, and, uh, uh, who's playing Ele- Eleanor? Oh, what's her name? Kimberly. Kimberly. It feels like it feels like Dermot and Kimberly are walking through this trade, interacting with NPCs. Which, which, which to I, be fair, to, to be fair, is what is happening. Because when they when we get to LA, it turns out Max Powers orchestrated this entire thing. <laughs> he, he organized actors to be on the Christmas train, including. Including an actress who is dating Dermot Mulroney at the beginning of the yes. movie. Dermot is going to L.A. A. to write the story. B. He's going to break up with this woman because they don't really hang out. They're not really that close. He's going to break up with her. And then she shows up in Chicago. And it's like, and let's it's get like, married. We're going to get married now. And then at the end, Max is – and then at the end, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm completely fine. Uh, Danny Glover's giving me a role in his next movie. <laughs> so so we're good. And in fact, not only am I going to be fine with that, I'm going to be totally fine with you, Tom, proposing to Eleanor, a woman you have canonically not seen for like a decade, maybe two decades. By, by – uh, I love the idea. I want to see the scene, the prequel scene of Max Powers talking with uh, Leela, who is who is the um, yeah. Tom's Tom's girlfriend, being like, "Look, Tom hates your guts, and it's not it's nothing against you. It's nothing against you. But what I need you to do is I need you to be really in love with him, Wait, so he can fall in love with someone about else, that. <laughs> right?" How does he know that they're date? Because he's like, I did, I did all my research, and I know all of this. No, because Eleanor doesn't keep in touch with Tom. She does not know. No. Instagram. It's got to be Instagram or it's like Facebook or it's 2017. I don't know. It's that's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I will say, uh, and this is a, this is a side note, and this is where I this is where I get tropey. Okay. okay. There is a trope. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Okay. It is called, um, and Hallmark is guilty of this constantly. Okay. And it, to the point where it's like a, a little, um, it, not a little, it's, it's, a, it's an issue where, have you noticed that there are not a lot of black people in Hallmark movies? No, I've, nev- I've never noticed that <laughs> It's never come up? Never come it's up never come before. Up. No, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Um, and have you noticed when black people do come up, they are this sort of all-knowing they're magical seeing being yeah i think yeah. we've talked it we might have talked about this this uh, is the, a trope yeah i mean yeah, this the is trope like a is well, called yeah. yeah the trope is called the magical negro yeah 
And it like it, it is basically exactly that, where it is like a the token black character in a movie or television show yeah. is uh, has superpowers or is magical or is uh, otherworldly at what they do or what they're doing and stuff like that. And I feel like this movie is is a pretty good example of of that. Um, S- Stephen King is kind of the worst at this, I think. Um, I, I would call like the Green Mile and the Shining the worst ones of this. Here's something upsetting, Daniel. Okay. I've never seen either of those movies. You've never seen either of those? What are we doing here? <laughs> Daniel, I'm too busy watching Christmas Train. Dude, oh, the Green Mile, the Green Mile, <laughs> despite its problems, I th- the Green Mile is a very good movie and the Shining is unreal. Oh, what's another good one? What's another good one? There was a Christmas movie that was on Disney Plus. I can't remember. It was like the first decom in years uh, that mm. was guilty of that because like Santa was um, was a black man and but was like not Santa, whatever, whatever that means. The, and really, the biggest problem is that it's it's not like the, the problem is not black people having magic powers. The problem is they uh, those it's, powers exist to only benefit the white main character. Yeah, it's a, to serve. Yes. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that's that, that. That is what this movie. At the end of this movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> dude! I th- like, I think this one is a good example of you really can do anything with enough money. Yeah, God, I would say if you so. just have money, you can just kind of do whatever you want, including orchestrate an entire train to be about two people. <laughs> Here's okay. I will. This is what I'll say. Okay. Watch watching this movie with the twist in mind at the end is super funny. It kicks because, ass because everyone else is really mid in the movie. Aside yeah. from Joan Cusack, which this makes sense. Dermot Mulroney, the the uh, Kimberly, Kimberly. She is second name, third name. Kimberly Williams Paisley is no joke. One of my top five Hallmark actors. Yeah, now. she was I, she was fantastic. God, she is funny. She lets her care. She lets her character be mean a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's a little rude sometimes, and it it doesn't make her come across as a jerk. It makes her come across as a genuine person. When there's something frustrating to her, she's going to make a biting joke about it. It come, mm-hmm. it shows her intelligence. Uh, uh, Tom and Eleanor, Dermot and Kimberly, they were both uh, war correspondents before they broke up. Um, so they have been like everywhere. They were, they've been mm-hmm. in the Middle East. They've been through all the – they've been to Africa. They've been to all these like – really rough places. And so like their relationship feels very genuine in that way where they are used to being in stressful situations where you're going to be a little ruder and you just kind of, you you take it and you have to roll with it a little bit because of the, the overall stress. Mm -hmm. And I think she, and, and, and Dermot as well, but we've known Dermot is a great Hallmark actor, but for a while now. And Uh, and just actor. Yeah. Just good actor. He's good. Um, Joan is great. Joan's big twist. Joan is not part of the Max Powers production. That is uh, the massive gaslighting of Tom and Eleanor. Uh, Joan, her character, she is going to L.A. to see her estranged son. She is, however, a train cop. Train cop. Yeah. She at the end is revealed to be what they call a train marshal, which do not exist. There are train police <laughs> from my Google search. Please, if you are a train marshal, please talk to me. <laughs> train marshal. She Sorry, literally that's shows her damn badge and is like train marshal. 
and um, John, who was our grieving uh, widower, widow, widower, widower, widower. John uh, is, used to be a uh, a thief. He's he'd been arrested, I think, twice for petty theft. And throughout the movie, some people's stuff goes missing. But he turns it in at the end. It's very unclear if he's going to prison or not. I don't think he is. <laughs> He's also an old, weird, weird an side old plot, and he's also who, an old man. He takes a digital camera and some glasses, and he gives them back. And I'm just like, Agnes, Why? don't do it. Come on, don't do it. Um, Higgins is on this train as well. He's a train conductor or a former train conductor. He was fired by Amtrak. This movie's very pro and against Amtrak at different points. They get to use the Amtrak logo and everything. He was like, um, he was, he's a he rail did, man. See, he said something where I was like, that he is said it so... all comes out on the train. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I wish I saw this picture. Say? I saw this picture of Dermot and the actor who plays him. Who plays um? Who plays Higgins? I was like, oh my god, they're in another movie. I'm like, oh no, it's from this movie. <laughs> it's from the Christmas Train. <laughs> it's all everything is from the Christmas Train, Daniel. They get they get way, the biggest plot in this movie comes up about an hour and fifteen minutes in where their train gets stuck and and Higgins kind of sort of becomes a hero in that. Oh, I was so psyched for that. I literally wrote down winter survival Murder movie, Mr. Ree, and I was like. So this was the most exciting part of the movie for me. Yes. Because mainly because I was like there this this movie was like two rewrites away, three what ifs away from becoming a literal winter survival movie. And that was that was what I was most excited for. And when they went into the conductor's cabin or what have you of the Christmas train and that felt like that, a real movie. I was I was convinced that that man was also an actor because which to to his credit he is but like he had his phone in his hands my yeah. my pencil is going to be my phone he had the phone in his hand and he was like he was like yeah I don't see a I don't see what we can do it just stopped up I've tried show, gesturing with the phone I've tried calling like you see the phone I've tried calling this with the uh, with this and I I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't get a hold of anybody and I was like, "Bro, you need to take three breaths." Because I, I like it is unclear what you're communicating and it is also unclear what help you need because you are the person that is going to control the situation. Also, you saying they have no idea where we are is categorically horrifying. to me one horrifying, two Come on. You're on train tracks. They don't yeah. <laughs> there's only like, so many places there's only, those could there's go. Only, like yeah, a plane, sure. A boat, sure. Oh yeah. Train tracks? That that's a two-dimensional search path. There's only a, there, there's not many places a train can be. I bet we can piece together where you went, actually. Yeah. Because let's just follow the train tracks. Let's just go down there. Or real quick. maybe when you're scheduled to arrive and you don't arrive, everyone just goes. Huh. Oh. Let's look a few a few tracks back. Does, it mean, does anybody have path. a plane? Let's just fly over the path yeah. of the train tracks. Um, and then there's a psychic uh, named Misty who throughout the movie you're like, oh, she's psychic. And then at the end it's revealed that she is plot part of the Max Powers production. That was sad. I really wanted them to just have an honest to God psychic in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other big things? Oh, actually, no, I'll save it for naughtiest and jolliest. Um, oh, well, the, the, the marriage people. 
are were yes. both actors as well. Yep. The pe- so there were two people that were a young couple that were eloping on the plane, like you mentioned. Um, that their minister, I don't know, died. What what did they say? Got caught up in traffic. He, he, he what, broke his arm. He slipped on he ice. Broke it. Yeah. He slipped and broke his arm. That maybe that's Santa. That oh. maybe the minister was Santa from the last movie. Oh, possibly because he slipped and broke. He slipped and broke his arm. He literally slipped on ice and broke his no, arm. No, no, because then he would. Why would he be going to? No, because he wouldn't then be going to L.A. He'd be staying in town to do the Santa thing. Because this is a Christmas Eve wedding, and that parade takes place on Christmas Eve. So you're but wrong. also, but also, I'm wrong because it was all a ruse anyway. It was all a lie. <laughs> it was all a that lie. was, and I think that was the frustrating part for us. Is you know we're watching it, we're making these connections, we're we're putting down things, and then I look at my notes at the end, and I was like, I can't trust a damn thing I've written. Yeah, this shit, everything's a lie. None of it matters. I can't. Uh, okay. Um, naughtiest and jolliest. Do I have a naughtiest and jolliest? Naughtiest. <laughs> Daniel is having some under the table conversations. <laughs> Annika right now. Has, has come into my room and is like, what about the time travel watch? <laughs> and I was like, we haven't gotten to connections. Oh, yet. no. There's a little teaser, a little teaser yeah. for y'all listening at home. What about the time, what about the time travel watch? What, what about the fucking time travel you, watch? Annika coming in in a cold sweat. <laughs> Did you mention the time travel watch? Just shaking, just quiver. Like, Steven <laughs> Annika also was like comparing Donnie Glover to Steven Spielberg the whole movie. And I thought he was an actor for about 20 minutes of this movie because Max Powers is an actor name in the Hallmark universe. Wait, isn't Max? Yeah, Max Powers is. We've met Max Powers, have we not? I think we've met a member of the Powers family, which is weird because he he was white. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Yeah, he was white and blonde. He was. I know what movie he was in. He was in that one movie. It was not a gift to remember. He was in. The movie about um, it was uh, in Fool's town. Gold. Yes. Give um, me a second. Um, I got this. I got this. Daniel, you find ooh. this first, and it's and it's your ass. Mary, is it "Marry Me at Christmas"? I think it is "Marry Me at Christmas." Yes. I'm trying to find my notes for it, but I think that might have been one I took on my phone. Johnny Blake is his name. Johnny Blake, which oh. in, in your in your defense has the same energy. It's the same vibe. It's the same thing. Um, sorry, naughtiest and jolliest. What are you? What are you thinking? Naughtiest. I'm gonna have to go with the thief. Obviously, no. <laughs> Boo. What do, you want, what do you want me to do? Max Powers. <laughs> You think Max Powers is naughty? This is insane, Trey. <laughs> I, listen, I like. Uh, yes, it's 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 sweet. It, it is it's a, for love. It is for love. Trey, could you honestly look me in my eyes and tell me you would trust your relationship after knowing that Danny Glover paid a lot of money to set it up? Basically, Daniel, if I'll tell you what, if I got Truman showed, I would never trust anyone again. No, nobody if would. I, 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 these two people got hard Truman people showed. Were, pe- no, people are like, oh my god, I would, I would love it. No, you wouldn't. It's insane. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Here's so I watch a lot of Dropout and Game Changer and stuff, and mm. they've Truman showed a few people so far. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, the most recent time they Truman showed someone uh, did something similar to the vibe is when they did the escape room episode. Have you seen that? No, but I've seen clips from it. Yeah. So basically the premise of the episode is that uh, they don't know they're going to find themselves in the contestants don't know that they're going to find themselves in an escape room and then they do. 
and they end up they are in an escape room they are locked in a room and need to solve puzzles to exit and at the end of the episode they and throughout the entire episode they're so pissed at the host they're angry and i'm like why are you guys so angry this sounds like so much fun and then finally brennan lee mulligan goes you need to understand the difference between participating willingly participating in an escape room paying for an escape room is very different than finding yourself in an escape room yes which is basically what it's like to be truman showed that's the thing i it's really really easy to look at these movies and be like i would love for this to happen you would love to choose for this to happen you would not love for this to happen this would really 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 not for everybody but I, i think for a lot of folks it would really rock you to yeah. have this ha- – cause, because then you can't really trust a lot of other social situations. Could you trust your relationship? No. Right. Not fully. Not fully. I don't think you could. I mean some somebody could. Sure. I'm not saying it's impossible. But uh, like for me, no. I – I think this would uh, would breed a lot of distrust for a lot of people. It's cute. It's funny. I love it in the movie. No questions. But if we're talking about this in a real world situation, this is fucking insane. <laughs> this is crazy. Because this um, is not, hey, I'm going to set you up. Hey, you know, this guy's coming to town. Let's uh, let's do a little, let's just organize some dinners and maybe I'll bail on one of the dinners. So it's just the two of you. That's fine. I, that's whatever. You have like. A multi-day cross-country and it's another, train trip. Yes. And it's another thing if he had just invited Tom onto the train and been and then been like, oh, we're going to be on the same train. That's so weird. He, You paid actors who are in the union, mind you. These are union actors you have paid, which this cannot be a union approved production. Hell unless no. Unless he's unless they're paying them. That's true. They are they're part of the film actors, but there's not like a there's not a camera. There's not a camera. Hmm. So I'm thinking Max has violated several laws much yeah, more important they're... than petty theft. So if we're going off of who commit the most crimes in this movie. I, I would say, that, yeah, Max needs to speak for his crimes. I will say. Max gets into a limo at the end of this movie and is like, hey, you guys want to come to my table? And they're like, no, Max, I don't really want to be near you right yeah, now. Yeah, he says, do you want to go to my restaurant, Musso and Frank? <laughs> Which is like, what? Which Dude, sounds what like a law firm. About? <laughs> it's a, it sounds like a law firm run or two. It sounds like a restaurant that. Danny Glover has staken somewhere in yes. LA. <laughs> like, hey, hey, they, if I'm doing this, I need to throw in <laughs> delicious I need to throw in my buddies Musso and Franks. Uh, Don't you have a 15% stake in that company? Don't worry about it. Don't worry hey, about hey, it. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, jolliest. Uh, jolliest for me, it is, uh, I'm willing to be swayed a little bit here, but not really. Kenny the Bartender, played by Nelson Wong. I love this guy. Always a smile on his face. He's making drinks the whole time for everybody. He has a couple of drinks that sound really good. He has the Grinch, which sounds really mm, good. That sounds um, fun. The one that stood out to both, to both Annika and I, actually. The Mistletoe Fizz. That sounds delicious, Kenny. I will take two mistletoe fizzes, in fact. Um, He's just fun. He's just a fun guy. Doesn't Um, hurt anybody. I would argue Lelia. Oh, interesting. Dermot's 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 girlfriend. Girlfriend. Because she's really cool about this whole thing. And that is a sign of a a jolly gal. I'm going to put down both. What is the bartender's name? Kenny. Kenny. Kenny is the bartender. I'll agree with you. I think I think you've made a compelling evidence. Com- uh, compelling evidence. <laughs> <laughs> compelling evidence. Daniel, 
Your arvidence sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I love your arvidence. Um, okay, what do we got for connections? There's a time travel watch. Okay. Uh, Higgins yeah. has a watch. <laughs> We've seen a time travel watch before, right? Yes, we have seen it in an antique store. Ooh, from... Great question. Don't remember. Antique store. Uh, in one of the many movies where there's an antique store. Um, and... Uh, it, why 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 is it a time travel watch give i don't me, know give me some data you don't know i think i think we can argue since this whole thing is bullshit i think we can start to have some fun with some alternate timelines maybe i think perhaps higgins knows he knows that there's going to be a reason that they have to stop and so he knows this happens he has seen the dark timeline where they all had to eat each other on this mountain but he manages to prevent it with his time traveling watch because he knows everything and he chalks it up to like train intuition. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I was under the impression that the train stopping was scripted. No, I don't think that's scripted at all. There's a tr- there's a tree in the middle of the road. You're, you're telling me Max Powers didn't script that tree falling? No, I don't think he did. Okay. I'm willing to give <laughs> Danny, I will give you a little bit of credit here. But not, but not. Because that's that's willful endangerment at that point. Like you, yeah, that's you are, I mean, that's insane. If you're not letting the train conductor know that, that's that's insane. There's the level of insanity that comes with uh, paying a bunch of actors to hook up your script doctor with her old flame, and then there is I'm going to pay somebody to chop down a tree to make us all sit inside two train cars to preserve heat because we don't know how long it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think I have any other connections here. Um, hmm. I think what we have is good. Um, I just want to bring up that when we met the runaway lovers. Yes. And they were like sitting on a curb somewhere beat up that their minister slept on ice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They when they started talking to Dermot Mulroney, it was like a three act play. I was like, this isn't this is this is literally this feels scripted. They're like, we just don't know what to do. I'm a big city boy. She's a small town gal. My dad hates I'm from, me. I'm from Nowheresburg, Kentucky. Yeah. And and she's like, and they're like, we don't know what to do. How are we going to get married? <laughs> and Dermot's like, um, we can do it. And like, they go, you mean it? I can get married? Golly, we golly gee, mister. I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, also, those rings are like totems. Uh, so that's my other connection. Oh, uh, they, yeah. uh, Dermot gives uh, wedding bands to that couple. Yeah. And they're like these, they look like they were forged in a flame only to be found, made by like tribes in the Amazon rainforest. And they're from like, Africa. Oh, are they from, they're literally from Africa. I think they oh, are. Oh, because, because the journalism. Yeah, um, I think they were. I can't remember if they were. No, they're they're from Africa. He had them in his pocket in Jerusalem okay. when she left. Wedding bands are magic? Question mark. Christmas totem. Okay, I think we're. That's. I like what we have. Yeah, I love that for this. Um, Daniel. Yes. What do we have going on next week? We're gonna have a little switcheroo with switched for. Christmas. Jesus Christ. Starring okay. Candace, Cameron, Burr. No! Times. Times two. When identical twin sisters are stuck planning their no! respective Christmas parties, they're convinced the grass no! is greener on the other side and decide to swap lives for the holidays. No! 
Are you telling me that Candace Cameron Burr parent trapped? She parent she's parent trapping us. Oh yeah, you fucking know it. How excited are you? Scale of one to ten. Um, I'm actually really excited. I'm pumped. <laughs> I think it's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> I'm actually psyched. Uh, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and how excited are you about this podcast? One to five stars. Please review us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or you can follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This came out a year before Princess Switch. Vanessa. Yo. Vanessa, you did not steal this, did you? Vanessa Ann. You can also find us on Twitter at Secret on Twitter.com or on TikTok at Mistletoe Secret Podcast on TikTok. You can also go to our website, www.mistletoesecret.wixsite.com. Learn the story so far, or tell us your version of the story so far on the contact form at the bottom of the page, or you can send us an email at mistletoesecret at gmail.com. Daniel, Colin wrote our intro and outro John, music. I can keep naming names too. Uh, <laughs> Colin Robertson wrote our intro and outro music. Yes, is did. that correct? Yes. And what is the intro music called? Vanessa Ann Hutchins believes in ghosts and thinks she's a psychic now. This is not a joke. Uh, oh. Have you heard about this? She, things things have changed since... She's doing a documentary. Have you not heard about this? No. No, I have not. Oh, yeah. She thinks there's ghosts. And the outro music is, of course, called Candace Cameron... I've always felt really connected in a way I could never explain, <laughs> she told the outlet. I was filming The Princess Switch 2 and 3, and I had my first conscious witchy awakening. I was learning about the history of the women who were wrongfully accused of witchcraft and learning about what witchcraft even is. I just said that her first supernatural experience came around age five with a tin duck with a tin duck sculpture in her home that she told the outlet moved on its own. She added that she, quote, just kind of forgot about it because it's there was no explanation for the event. I kind of shut it out for a while. You know, I would be at home and then at the corner of my eye, I would see a man in the top hat and I'm like, what the hell? And I had just moved out by myself for the first time and was scared. Yeah, no kidding, Vanessa. I would also be scared of a man with a top hat was in my home. That's just sleep paralysis, is it not? Not always. I, I see people on Twitter talking about the Top Hat Man constantly. Is that a film thing? Because everybody sees the Top Hat Man I and think I have that yet is to meet him. Somewhat com- I do not have sleep paralysis. I've never experienced that, so I cannot tell you. Well, maybe one of these days we'll, we'll take care of the Vanessa Ann Hudgens uh, Netflix Christmas films. But in the meantime, my name is Trey Plenicky. My name is Daniel Kunkel, and my curiosity is endless, she said, so there'll definitely be a lot more. <laughs> and I'm reminding you to stay jingling and stay jolly. It's on Tubi now. Look out for the Top Hat Man. It's free. Thank uh, you for listening. <laughs> it's real. <laughs>